Welcome to another inspirational message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you that you are good. And I just pray, Father, that you would go before this word and it would accomplish what it sent out to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, thanks, Dale. Can everyone give Dale a clap? Isn't she beautiful? Dale's one of my very good friends, and I love her. (laughs) Um, So about a year ago now, I was getting ready um, one morning. I was actually going to meet Miriam for coffee at Rickerton. So I was putting my makeup on because, you know, we need to look presentable. I don't wake up looking like this. And um, it's shocking, I know, right? Um, When out of nowhere, I hear this silent but audible voice in my head. And it was the weirdest thing. It just went, why are you sleeping? And I thought, this is so weird. Like that tone, everything. Why are you sleeping? And the more I heard it, because it just kept repeating, why are you sleeping? I realised that it was from um, the movie Finding Nemo, which is the bizarrest thing, because my kids are teenagers, so we have not watched Finding Nemo in our house for a a, a very, very long time. Teenagers don't tend to um, sit around Pixar movies. But for those of you who don't know, movie, Nemo's a little fish, the movie about little fish, and um, that line, why are you sleeping, is said by Dala. She's a little girl in the movie, and she gets given Nemo as a birthday present, and he's sitting in the bag, and he's not doing the things that Dala thinks that he should be doing. So she's like, Fishy, wake up, shaking this poor little guy in the back. Why are you sleeping? Like this. And I thought, why am I thinking about Dala? And why is it on repeat? And then out of nowhere, another voice came in response to that. And it was a different voice. It wasn't forceful in any way, but there was an authority to it. There was a weight to it. And it just, you know that voice of authority when you hear it, you... You hear it in your gut. You hear it in your chest and in your being. And it just said, because I am. Why are you sleeping? Because I am. And it just arrested me where I was. I think I was probably putting eyeshadow on at the time. And I locked eyes with myself in the mirror because there was no one else there. And I just knew that I'd heard from the Lord. And I thought my, my thinking kind of went to all those times in life where things don't turn out the way we think they should or the way we hoped they would. Um, Like, I don't know, maybe we find ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic or perhaps a major shift in the economy just as a couple of, you know, random examples. Um, And, you know, maybe the wheels start to feel like they're coming off a little bit and God doesn't seem to be doing the things that we feel like he should be doing. And from there, I thought about the disciples in the boat with Jesus, and all of a sudden, they're in the middle of this horrendous storm, and it's a life and death situation, and Jesus is asleep. Are you serious? Why are you sleeping? So this morning, I want to have a look at who Jesus was in that storm, and who Jesus is in the storms we face today. 
Who knows that he said, in this life you will have trouble, <laughs> but he is... He has a plan and he has a way through that, and we're just going to unpack that today. We're going to pick it up in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. It says, That day, it'll be on the screens in a second, when evening came, he said to his disciples, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Verse 37, a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, ah, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who was Jesus in the storm? Number one, he was there. This is going to be so simple today because there is weight and there is power in the simplicity of who Jesus is. He was there. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He went with them. He never left them. He was in the boat. And whatever boat you're in today and whatever situation that boat is in today, he is with you. And that's, that's a close thing. That's an intimate thing. We, we've been hearing this morning about Psalm 139, and it's such a beautiful psalm. It's like, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the other side of the dawn, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and go to the other side of the sea, you are there. Even there, your right hand will guide me. You will hold me fast. It talks about him hemming us in behind and before. He has laid his hand upon us. He is always, always with us. He walks with us in everything. Isaiah 43 says, but now this is what the Lord says. Forget about what everyone else says. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear. I love this message, uh, this verse. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name, and you are mine. When, not if, when you walk through the rivers, I will be with you, and they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He is with you, and he is for you. And he will never, ever leave you. Amen? And you know, God will not waste a thing. And everything that we walk through, he will not waste a thing. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and call according to his purpose. That comes at the end of a passage of Paul talking about our present sufferings and our future glory. Our future glory being heaven because that good will not always be evident in our lives straight away when we want to see it, although that's sometimes really nice and that sometimes does happen. But I want you to know this morning that God will not waste one tear. He will not waste 
anything. He works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Who is that? Church, that's you and that's me. Whether you've walked with God for 20 years, years and years, or whether this is the first time you've ever heard the name of Jesus, you are called according to his purpose. And if you allow him to be, he is with you. Number two, he was at rest. He had complete peace. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, and Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Why are you sleeping? Because I am. Now, it doesn't mean that he didn't care. He just wasn't fearful about this situation. It's not in the text, but I don't think the storm was a surprise to Jesus. He's not surprised by the things that take us by surprise. He's not going, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. You tested positive for COVID and you have to take a week off work. Oh no, whatever shall we do? He has a way. He has a plan and we just need to trust him with us. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He's at rest. He's not scrambling for a solution. But we see the disciples scrambling for a solution. They're freaking out. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he is not behaving in a way that they thought was fitting for the situation. He was asleep on the job. So it would seem. Have you ever been in a place in life where you maybe feel like God is asleep on the job? I know I have. Maybe that's just me. Maybe you guys are all just a little bit holier than I am. But have you ever been in a place where someone isn't feeling the situation quite the way you are feeling it? Now, this is the story of my life. (sighs) Because my husband is classic for this. And that he's going to come off looking um, better than me in this scenario, I promise. But he is, he's a pretty relaxed person. And I am really not a very relaxed person, if you know me. And the people that know me are laughing at the moment. Shut up, Sam. You're just laughing <laughs> because they know that that is true. Um, my husband, Ben, he's, he's amazing. He's out um, with um, Rob's in Power Zone right now. But he, he can be so laid back about a situation Um, sometimes that he's almost lying down or quite literally lying down in the middle of our living room on his tummy, reading a book on a pile of cushions. Um, And that's usually happening while (laughs) we're trying to get ready to go somewhere. And I'm feeling like he's not moving the way I would have him move because I'm trying to keep the kids on track. We have three teenagers. Please do pray for us. Um, And sometimes getting three teenagers to get ready on time can be a little bit like getting three toddlers ready on time. It can be a little bit like herding cats. Um, And I'm like, come on, Ben, we've got to go. We've got to get changed. Your mother's expecting us. Like, ah, let's move. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm just going to finish this page. And like when I first read this, like Jesus is asleep on the stern, in the stern on a cushion. The the cushion bit hacked me off, specifically because I often find my husband when I want him to be moving, sleeping on a cushion, or um, lying on a cushion reading his book. But you see, what I have had to learn to do, and what I still have to learn to do, is not to mistake his lack of activity or his apparent lack of activity 
for a lack of intention or a lack of attention to the situation because 29 times out of 30, he'll get us there in good time. It's not when I want it to happen because I like things done yesterday. But I have... I still have to learn not to rush in. Ladies, don't rush your husbands. It doesn't work. And it can be easy sometimes to mistake God's apparent or seeming lack of activity or lack of attention in our lives for a lack of intention. But that is never the case. He is God, and we are not. And he will do things in his time and on his terms because... He is God and he, we are not. His ways are higher. He sees the big picture that we sometimes just cannot see. There's a couple of reasons why I feel like Jesus was sleeping in that moment. He was sleeping on a cushion. It speaks of intention. He didn't just kind of nod off on the deck. He, he made himself comfortable. In the midst of the crazy, he made himself comfortable and decided to rest because he was fully God, but he was also fully man. He would have been tired because he was working all the time, constantly dealing with people that always needed something from him. Who knows that that can be exhausting? So he deliberately rested. For me, it's also a nod to his divinity. He was fully man, but he was fully God. He was one with the Father. He was one with the Creator. He knew the timing and the nature of his death. He knew that this wasn't it. He was secure in the Father's hand and in the Father's plan. He was at peace. He was Jehovah Shalom, God, our peace. So we took the time to rest. Number one, he was there. Number two, he was at rest. He was at peace. And number three, and this is my favorite, he was God. So beautiful. So simple. He was God. He was sovereign. He got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He was and is Elohim, creator, God. He was and is El Shaddai, God, almighty the circumstances then did not change who he was, and your circumstances today do not change who he is. Truth, friends, is not relative. It just is. He is who he says he is. Why are you sleeping? Because I am. This is how God refers to himself. In Exodus 3.14, when he is calling Moses... To go before Pharaoh, you read the story. It's an amazing story. We don't have time to go into it today. But Moses is like, ah, who shall I say to the king of Egypt who has sent me? And God said, say, I am who I am has sent me. I am who I am. This is my name, God said. We see Jesus refer to himself with the same name in the book of John when he goes through all of those I ams. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Before Moses, uh, Abraham was born, that kid, I am. I am the bread of life. It's the same meaning, and basically what that means is I am. It's not complicated. I am, and there's an, a, sense, a sense of the eternal with that. 
It's like, I am, I was, I have been, I will be, I will always be. I exist is what that means. I exist. Because he exists today, we can rest in the storms that come our way because he is present and he is God and that does not change. We can rest in the Father's hand and in the Father's plan. He said to his disciples in verse 40, Why are you so afraid? They're freaking out. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. They were terrified. They were with Jesus, but they were terrified. And they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is a word of correction. This is Jesus and his love and his wisdom just disciplining the boys because they knew who he was. They had walked with him. They had left everything behind and chosen to walk with him because they had had a revelation. They had seen who he was. And in the midst of the crazy, they forgot who he was. They took the eyes off who he was. They'd seen miracles. They'd seen the sick healed. They'd seen the dead raised. They'd seen water turned to wine, but they forgot. In the midst of the storm, they took their eyes off Jesus and they looked at the weather and they forgot. Sometimes in the midst of our storm, it can be really easy to forget who he is. You know, the day after, the very next day after this experience that I had with God, why are you sleeping? Because I am. The very next morning, um, my mum got really sick, really sick. It started just as like a a tummy bug and then um, ended up a couple of weeks later finding massive abscesses in her brain, fluid-filled sores in her brain and she had all but lost her mobility, her ability to think, self-care, gross motor skills, fine motor skills. She was in and out of consciousness. When she was conscious, she was often delirious and confused and if you talk to her about that time, she won't remember anything The medical team was amazing, but they said that the prognosis was not good and that we might see a 60% recovery to what she was, maybe a 70% recovery. Not great. And if you were one of those people praying through that time, and if you still are praying, I want to thank you. Mum is doing much better much better. Praise God. And she is probably past that 70% mark. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give him a hand? Because that is huge. But there were times during those weeks when mum was in hospital that I would begin to panic because we didn't know what was going to happen. And I remember sitting on um, my bed, Ben and I were just sitting there because it was kind of in our house, it's the only place we can go just to have a quiet word. <laughs> and um, we're, we're just talking stuff over and I just shared what was happening with my siblings and with my family who are all, you know, scattered across the country and the world. And 
we were talking about what the future might look like and what that might mean for mum and dad and what that might mean for our family and it was all very uncertain and felt a bit doom and gloom and it felt very much like I was in a smallish wooden boat in the middle of a storm and the waves were crashing and the wind was blowing and I was panicking and I was swamped. And I remember I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and the Lord, it's almost like he just kind of shuffled up beside me because he's there. And he just said, don't look at the left or the right. You look at me. You look at me. You've taken your eyes off who I am and you're looking at the weather. And in that moment, in his love and in his wisdom, he was just, this is where you go. Like a two-year-old that's going off, just guiding them. God is the ultimate gentle parent. (laughs) Stop looking at the weather. Stop looking at the wind. Stop looking at the waves. Stop looking at the if buts and maybes, the what fors and the why fors, and you look at me. And he was just bringing me back to that place where I know who he is, where I know he is with me, that he's got this, where I know that he, only he is my peace. There is nothing that the doctors can say. There is nothing that anybody can say that can give me true peace, but he is our true peace, Jehovah, Shalom, God, our peace. He was bringing me back to that place where I know he is El Shaddai, mighty God, and he has got this. It might not look the way I want it to look, and it doesn't believe me. It might not turn out the way I want it to turn out or what I hoped it would, but he is who he is, and that was not going to change. Don't look at the wind or the waves. You look at me. Why are you sleeping? Why are you sleeping? Because I am. When you are sitting at the supermarket and you don't know if your card is going to decline or not, I am. When your marriage feels like it's coming apart at the seams, I am. When you are awake in the middle of the night because your child is awake in the middle of the night, I am. When you shatter your elbow, I am. When you can't see a way through and you don't know if you're going to get the marks that you need to walk through next year and do what you hope to do, I am. When you're sitting at the bank and they're shaking their head, I am. When you're sitting in the doctor's office and you're getting a really bad report, I am. Says your God, this is who I am in your storm. I am with you. I am your peace. I am El Shaddai and I do not change. This is who He is. This is who He is. This is who Jesus is. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. 
for more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.